I guess, happy Fed Day to everybody. That's what today was. Um, going into today, I didn't leave a podcast about it, but what I've talked to some friends about was that we. I don't talk a lot about the macro stuff because I think it's really hard to make money on things that everyone else follows and does because it's there's too many eyeballs on it. So we try to stick to more specifics, so stupid news stuff and being early on maybe a narrative. But with this one today, one thing that stood out to me was that so you have all these arguments about inflation. You have the Kathy Wood argument, the technology argument, longer term that deflation, or we're going to have you know, more software, more robots, more low-level jobs eliminated by technology, which is going to push the price of stuff down. And then you have the argument of demographics, which I think is pretty strong, which is that people are getting older. Global population is starting to peak and will eventually decline. That's what the, the numbers are saying. And there's debt everywhere in the world. So if you kind of look at that individually for you, you're getting older, you spend less. You, you know, you're having less kids, you spend less. You um, have a lot of debt, you don't spend as much. And then you have you know, low-level jobs that you're not doing, you're having machines do. So if you look at that society-wide, it makes a lot of sense that they would say that inflation's hard to stick with that going on. So, okay, that's the big picture, right? You can't really make money on that. And then... In the short term, everyone's worried about inflation because of all the money printing and the stimulus, which makes a lot more intuitive sense. Everyone was wrong after 08 because it went to the banks and confused people. But now everyone's like, okay, this time it's going into sports cards and stocks and cryptos and everything else. So it's going to stick. But then we have this supply chain thing happening where yeah, you have the pandemic causing like a pent-up a pre-buying effect really of like two years or a year and a half now of buying all the shit you can get your hands on and then having the supply chain and the ports being delayed and all that stuff. So eventually what what I think is going to happen is there's going to be more supply that meets the demand because it makes sense that you can, you're going to create more stuff when people want it. So you have more supply and a more efficient, robust supply chain. Eventually it stops. And then there's going to be this this period of time where people have bought a lot of stuff that they needed to buy for a while, there might be a little bit of a sluggish demand at the time where there's more supply. And then if you factor in the longer term factors we said in the beginning, I could make a case that the market has really priced in a lot of inflation damage that may or may not happen. And then the, the concern with the inflation damage is the valuations of growth, high tech, especially in crypto, because they're discounted at the at the you know the risk-free rate. And that rate has to go higher if inflation runs out of control, which kind of screws the Fed over. So um, that's where we are right now. So yesterday I pull up like the genomics ETF and I pull up like some cloud stuff and some cybersecurity stuff. And a lot of this stuff's down like 50 plus percent already. And you can make a case too that it's way too high before that. Fine. You know, and they, they took a lot of the fluff out of it. But going into the meeting today, I'm thinking, well, how bad is it going to get at the meeting? Um, you think they're going to want to run and undo everything they've already done in a panic? They already kind of tipped their their you know their their situation that they're going to change the transitory language and they don't think it fits anymore i just thought it it didn't make a lot of sense going into the meeting that things were down 50% based on this inflation fear i think they did it it was a swift move that was probably too aggressive for for the short term so that set up a pretty favorable situation for just watching to see if how the market was going to handle it and you know we had a big rally today and i felt like i like stuff like that because I'm not trying to guess that it's going to happen, but I have an idea that what's factored in could easily be undone if we start getting the action. And we did, we got the action. So it's, I thought that was um, one of those things, like I think I did a podcast a ways back on the Georgia election. And today was kind of like that, where it, it was just kind of one-sided where everyone was setting up for something that was in, was likely already priced in. So 
that kind of leads me into the next part of what I want to talk about, which is getting some help from from all the listeners about going into a paid podcast and still doing a podcast occasionally that will be not paid like we do now. But what I wanted to ask, and I, I last time I didn't leave my email, so my email is j e l i n b r a one at gmail dot com. So jellenbra one, not o n e, but just one at gmail dot com. Might be able to find that online too, but. Um, email me and I would love to hear from anybody who could help and and just flush this out for me a little bit because I want to provide the maximum amount of value at, at what's a good price for people to help them grow on their journey and think better and learn how to assess risk and learn how to assess situations like today and other things that pop up from time to time that could provide opportunities. And so I'll start off with wanting to know what people value right now the most, like what what that I do is bringing you the most value, maybe relative to other things or just in of itself. Like what, what, it, what is the, the interest to listen? Um, is it stories about things that have happened to me? Is it thinking about events and is it sharing reflections of um, strategy? You know, is it, so that's the first question. Like what do you value most now? The second question would be um, what do you want more of? And so I got into that a little bit. That would be I want to learn different strategies. I want to learn how you trade stupid news. I want to learn, um, you know, how you assess events. I want to learn how you handle trying to raise your size up. I want to learn whatever reflections you had in the year and things that you've had to grow through. Um, I want to ask questions and get answers about that. I want to, I don't know. I want to have more psychological stuff on FOMO and dealing with a big loser or things like that, or I just want more live Q&A or something. I'm just kind of fishing for what people would find valuable. Um, what I what would probably cost more money than I'm going to charge would be a Brad buys here, Brad sells there, here's the exact stuff in real time. And that, I think that's, I don't think that's a good idea for anybody because it makes people dependent on someone else and you don't really find your own truth and value. I think what I found really useful from studying other traders in my career is when you talk and discuss something, and I'm pretty good about discussing things before they happen. I, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine when everyone talks about how they bought something after it's $5 in their favor. So I like to talk about things that may be setting up ahead of time. But I'm not a big fan of a buy here, sell there. It's more, this is something that could be setting up. And then as you figure out how to enter them, you start to build a book of of setups that you have entered, oh, maybe not that great, and maybe a little bit better, and you start to figure out from your own mistakes how to enter something better after you have the thinking framework for how to set it up. So you're like, okay, this fits into like a bucket of things that I like. I'm going to try to set these up, and then I can add value in terms of like how might I enter that, and then afterwards reflecting on what happened, why did it work or not work, and how did I exit it, and how could that be done better? I think there's a lot of really good learning in that. Not only are you learning about how to look at the market differently, you're learning about how um, you you know what you did and then reflecting, I can reflect on what I did and come some lessons to do it better next time. I did that a little bit in the Coinbase crypto podcast a few a few podcasts ago. Um, I don't remember how many, but a couple of podcasts ago. And I basically came to the conclusion that oftentimes when I'm position trading, I'll do something that I think is a good investment and a good trade. And it just happens to be both of them at once in that time frame. So I'll do it a lot bigger because I really like it from multiple, you know, multiple time frames. And then what happens is if it works out really well, there's a trading portion and there's an investment portion. I have to clearly define that ahead of time. 
or else what happens is everything becomes an investment and then a 10% pullback is really painful and then I don't have a lot of bullets to kind of add to that position or massage it when I need to. And that's something I got in trouble with. Um, You know, I had a lot of success with my entry and my sizing and I got in trouble because um, I was a victim of that by not not cutting back sooner. So I did a little bit of uh, reconfiguring when it popped up to 285 Coinbase and thinned myself out. But I, I left a lot of money on the table. I'm still in a lot of that trade, but um, from a cost basis around like 240, so I'm kind of still in a lot of it. But it it was a mistake to not think that through. And the part of that is me growing from a short-term trader into a little bit more of a position trader. And that is some of the stuff that I didn't deal with during the day as much because it was very easy to manage myself during the day. I got very proficient at doing that. So this is just kind of an adjustment to my time frame. So I'm going to be a lot better next time because of that pain. I had a few crypto trades that were similar and the top was kind of sneaky and it kind of just, I got comfortable and didn't think about like, okay, this is the part that I need to cut right here and, and get back in later. And this is the part I'm going to stick with for six months or whatever, or whatever I'm doing. And sometimes it, it, the trade lasts a week, right? Sometimes it lasts three months. It, I'm not really trading for a year, uh, but it, it can depend. It can vary. So I, w- I would say two weeks to, to two months. And I'm redoing my webpage, which has just been pretty shitty, but I'm going to redo it and do an about me and kind of talk more about strategy and kind of my journey from how I started to where I got here to give people a clearer idea of how all that fits in. So so back to the second question is, what do you need more of? And just thinking about um, those things that I mentioned in, in Q&A, uh, thinking process, psychological stuff, and all that. And the last thing is, if you've enjoyed this podcast, um, I would really appreciate a review on Apple or wherever because it's nice when it, other people look at it and they get a review, then they, they tend to gravitate towards it. And I know it's a pain in the ass and I, I sometimes don't do it either. But if you get around to doing it, I would appreciate it. But you know, no obligation to do anything you don't want to do. Um, so I'm going to give the email one more time, J-E-L-I-N-B-R-A-1 at gmail.com. I'll see what comes back to me. And then I also have some ideas of my own and then we'll, we'll go from there.